Hello, foodies, and welcome to the Dining on the Dime podcast. We give you the latest foodie news, give you tips to help you save on monthly food budgets, and we'll throw in some recipes and cookie tips, too. Now, here are your hosts, Kevin Wilson and John Cole. Welcome, everyone, to the greatest podcast in the history of this great sport. My name's Kevin Wilson. Here is what you're going to hear today. Uh, Local Philadelphia Tri-State listeners, we're going to tell you about a great charity event, Let Them Eat Cake. We're here with Mac Talley. Uh, That'll be segment one. Segment two, national listeners, we are going to have... Nick Liberato, who is going to have the greatest show in the history of food, uh, premiering on Netflix. It's called Restaurants on the Edge. Premieres Friday, February 28th. Nick is going to join us at around 5.14. Uh, segment three is going to be a local Philadelphia tri-state area uh, uh, spot is going to give you all kinds of local news. But my listeners around the country, we just had listeners in Albuquerque, New Mexico. We had listeners in Toronto, Canada, and all around the uh, the world. We had listeners last week in Australia, um, and uh, you guys are going to have segment four. It's going to be all for our listeners around the country. Right now, Mac Talley. He is the campaign assistant variety for the children's charity of Delaware Valley. Welcome to the show. Let's talk about this great charity event. Thank you, Jake. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I came here to talk about a great event that Variety, the children's charity of Delaware Valley, is going to be holding on March 15th at the Lowe's Philadelphia. Sunday it is from 6 to 8. And this event is called Let Them Eat Cake. It's going to have some of the best pastry and cake design artists from Delaware, Philadelphia, and New York, as well as uh, as well as New Jersey. That's fantastic. And they're going to be competing for different types of awards like Best in Show, Audience Choice, and Best in Taste as well. So basically, if I go there, I'm going to see some amazing cakes. Amazing, amazing cakes. Decorated Uh, cakes? Yes. That's fantastic. This is the 17th year, so it's a well-known event, uh, has a really, really great turnout, and it's really to uh, support Variety uh, Works, which is a program uh, to help teens and young adults with physical and developmental uh, uh, disabilities. Yes, um, disabilities. Thank you. Wow. And uh, that's going to be at the Regency uh, Ballroom in the beautiful Lowe's, Philadelphia. Uh, This place is amazing. If you haven't been to the Lowe's, it's worth going there just to see this great event. Uh, Talk more about the event. What kind of designs did you see last year? Last year, uh, the designs were Dr. Seuss, different kinds of designs, there's been so many uh, different types of events that have had a uh, different theme, and this year's theme is mythical, magical beasts and creatures. So it looks to be very, very competitive and interesting because uh, I can't wait to see what they actually have. 
Right, and that's like Duff Goldman's uh, show on the Food Network, right? They, they, how he makes those different beautiful designs. Yes, yes, yes. So it'll be something similar to that, correct? That's fantastic. And it's going to be March 15th at 6 p.m. from the beautiful Regency Ballroom inside the Lowe's Hotel, Philadelphia. Yes. How can they get their tickets, Mac? Uh, uh, they can go to the uh, the website, which is org, and, and if you click on the events tab, it'll take you down to Let Them Eat Cake. That is fantastic. And what I like about this is I'm a huge fan of Duff Goldman's show, and what he'll do is he'll, like, do Sonic the Hedgehog. He'll make all these beautifully designed cakes, and this is something similar to that. Yes. Yes, it is. It is um there's going to be a nice flowing of, uh, I think, Corbell as well. Uh-huh. And there's even going to be take-home uh, containers. So you get to try some of the best cakes from around two dozen cake, cake artists and designers. And you even get to take some home. So That's fantastic. So that's with your ticket price. Yes. That's fantastic. Which is $40 if you go to the website again or $50 at the door. Now, I have a question for you, Um, because I know last year it was like Under the Sea was the theme. Uh Um, And I think that they auctioned off some of the cakes, like the whole cakes, to some of the guests that were attending. Are they going to do something like that this year as well to try to raise more money for the the children's charity? Actually, I'm not really sure if they are. I know that there's a lot of different things that are going to be there um, as far as... uh, the judging from uh, the crowd, as well as uh, some uh, celebrity judges we have from a local media in Philadelphia, um, but I'm not, I'm not actually sure. Okay, um, do you know which schools? Because I know that there's the best entry for the the best of for students. Um, do you know any of the local schools or anything where the students are coming from? Actually, yeah, uh, some of our competitors are going to be, uh, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but. Uh, it's Breedenbeck's Bakery, Beverly's Pastry Shop, as well as Sweet Somethings, um, Gallo's Bakery, RCBC, Walnut Hill College. Okay. Oh, Walnut Hill College. That's yeah. Some good food there. Mm-hmm. And I know that Gallo's Bakery has very good baked goods, so um, that makes me a little excited. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what, Mac. This is such a great event. Uh, it's a nice way for all foodies. It's for all foodies. They can go there. They can look at these beautiful, uh, beautifully designed cakes. If you could do us a favor and tell our listeners another, how they can get their tickets, what is the website? That website, again, is going to be Variety Phila. That's Variety, P-H-I-L-A, dot org. And you can click on the events tab, and it'll take you right to the event let them eat cake let them eat cake that's my kind of show uh, my kind of event right there i want everyone to go to the website it's only 40 dollars. that's a heck of a deal yeah uh to try over 40 cakes now i want to stress that so it's only 40 bucks to try out over 40 cakes it goes to a great charity yes and they can go to the website get it for 40 and if you guys are slackers and you're, <laughs> you're waiting 
if you're waiting, you're gonna have to pay fifty at the door. So let's pay go that extra ten dollars. Yeah, but even at fifty though, that's totally. Worth oh, absolutely. It. Yeah, fifty dollars. I mean, it's you know, you'd be like, that's fine. I mean, you know, people drop fifty dollars like at a deli, and absolutely. then they throw yeah. half the sandwich in the yeah. garbage. I mean, totally true, and it's for a good cause. Yeah. It is for a good cause, and then I mean, for fifty dollars, you you how can you be disappointed in cake and you know sipping on cocktails? The good yes. cause is me getting cake. What are you talking about? I got well, late. Well, once again, this is the dining on a dime uh, podcast, so we're gonna go on the website and get it for forty. Yes, <laughs> yes. So I can't thank you enough, Mac Tally. Thank you guys. Campaign so much. assistant variety, the children's charity of Delaware Valley. I can't thank you enough. For being here today, thank you. I and appreciate I want you guys, all really of our followers, to go right now to that website. And please, get please go, come out, support us. Again, it is for a great, great idea, which is the Variety Works program, which is to help teens and young adults with physical and developmental disabilities. And that's fantastic. And I'll tell you what. Who doesn't want to eat cake? <laughs> Who doesn't want to yeah, eat cake? Yeah, most of the people listening to this show, look, you're going to get fat and eat cake anyway. <laughs> At least take a chance to help somebody out when you do it. Absolutely. Generally, most of these people are just helping out Carvelli and ice cream cakes. <laughs> these are better cakes and a better cause. Absolutely. And I can't wait for the event. This is going to be exciting. Uh, I can't wait, and I can't thank you enough, Mac. Thank you And you so did much. a great job. We'll be, talk we'll be talking to you shortly. All Appreciate right, thank it. you. Have a great day. Okay, that was Mac. Telling us about the greatest event in the history of mankind coming to the Lowe's Hotel at the Regency Ballroom, March 15th. It's called Let Them Eat Cake. And so, I'll tell you what else I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear people say, oh, there's nothing to do this weekend. Yeah, exactly. We throw stuff out all the time for people. Oh, I'm just going to stay home. There's nothing to do. Look, if you're a frightened, lonely, shut-in, stay in the house. <laughs> but if you like cake and you want to maybe help someone other than yourself... You know, he, we're giving you an opportunity right here. Or and, actually, say they're giving you an opportunity. And you're gonna you're gonna help my memory. Duff <laughs> Goldman's cake show on the Food Network. Ace of Cakes. Ace, Ace of, cakes of Cakes is one of them. He's got a couple oh. now. What but I'm saying cakes? it's kind of like looking going to an Ace of Cakes. I mean, we look at all the creations he does. You're gonna see the same thing at this event. Right. And there's also Carlo's Bakery that uh, has that show too. Cake Boss. Cake yeah. 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 Cake Boss does a lot of that. But if you're a fan of those types of shows, this is the event to go to because you're gonna see some beautifully designed. Cakes. I'd rather because Carl, if you, there is a Carlos Bakery in Philly, and it's you know it's not bad stuff, but you're going to spend fifty dollars on one cannoli, so you might as well use that <laughs> exactly use that to help. Generally speaking, we've talked about this on the show before. When you sort of get something from celebrities or on TV or whatever, yeah. the price goes way up, and the quality, you know, I mean, it's fine. I mean, I'm not saying that, but these are like like real bakers, real, you know, real pastry chefs, real artists. Too, Highly like skilled, yeah. too. And then you get all that cake. That's amazing. And, Mac, I can't thank you enough. We'll be in touch with you about your uh, our little, uh, you know, thing. And <laughs> all right. That was Mac telling you about Let Them Eat Cake at the Lowe's Hotel coming up on March 15th, 6 p.m. And I want to encourage everyone to go. I want to thank him for being here. Uh, let's introduce the panel because we're getting a lot of new listeners over the last couple of weeks. Uh, to my left is my co-host, John Cole. He is the greatest and most successful food uh, restaurant consultant. 
uh, in the tri-state area. Who on writes the these planet. things? Donald Trump. <laughs> I wrote that one on the planet, not not just the tri-county, the planet. And uh, Jim Hassan is the resident chef. Jim is the one that gives you your cooking tips and recipes. We get a lot of great response from that. And then Amaris Pollock is the food photojournalist journalist for the <laughs> show. for you to say. <laughs> uh, and I want to let everyone know from for our national audience, because I don't want it, uh, them tuning out, uh, we are going to have a nationally focused segment in segment two. Nick Liberato is having a great show. Talk about that, John. Isn't that fantastic? Uh, he will be on the phone in segment two. Yeah, Nick is sort of, he's, he's done Bar Rescue. Certain chefs, and I'm certainly not calling anyone out, but certain chefs just have that personality that translates real well to first social media and then mainstream media, entertainment media. You know, and then there's the chefs that just sort of, you know, sit in the back in the kitchen. Uh, they're not particularly interested in doing anything. There's depressive story slams. So I'm not really sure what we call those chefs. <laughs> but no, I'm just and kidding. we'll be talking to Nick at around 515, <laughs> and he's going to have an outstanding new show on Netflix called Restaurants on the Edge. Restaurants on the Edge, yeah. It's going to premiere February 28th on Netflix. <laughs> uh, Amherst, you were talking about uh, something that you had done that you wanted to talk about. We have three minutes. I'm Three minutes is not a lot of time. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I mean, if I can quickly just plug in with sure. the three minutes, uh, that East, um, East Passionk is having their restaurant week starting the 24th. And so I actually went out to a couple of the restaurants to, you know, try to take some photos so that I can promote it. Um, and they're having three options price point wise. So, you know, you can choose if you, if you're budget friendly, like myself and, you know, several of our listeners, um, there is a $15 choice, then 25 and 35, you know, and it's three courses. It's three courses usually, um, per, per meal. Okay. Um, three prices. Uh, three three courses per meal, and sometimes there's an additional choice of having you know a cocktail or or whatnot at the end of the meal, or with the meal, I should say. Um, and so you know that's that's always something to look forward to because then you get to experience you know different restaurants in the Philadelphia area um, to just expand your palate. Absolutely, and that's the best. In fact, they were voted uh, by Food & Wine Magazine as the top 10 uh, foodie destination in the country. So that is the spot to go. Uh, what kind of restaurants were you uh, looking into? Um, in particular, because I think that the theme tonight is going to be Southern yeah. food. So yep. I went to Flannel, um, and unfortunately, we were we have to go back. She brought me <laughs> along to hold her bag. <laughs> 19 pounds of camera equipment. <laughs> right. um, you know, because they were, well, not unfortunately, because they were busy. It's brunch. Um, so they, they were hopping. But I did grab the menu, so I know, you know, some of the things to look forward to. Nice. And then also I went to Red Crest um, and had one of their their sandwiches. The There's one that's unspecial um, for this particular restaurant week that I was super excited about because... <clears throat> They use a red curry sauce normally for for the sandwiches, and it tastes amazing. 
But this time they stepped it up a notch. So anyone who likes spice and heat, I would recommend going there during restaurant week because they have a green curry spread. That is so good. Oh, that's fantastic. That's one way to stop my right. heart. Good uh, I'll tell you what. We just our, our special guest, Nick, is on the phone. Nick Liberato is going to have the greatest Netflix show. It's called Restaurants on the Edge. It premieres on Friday, February 28th. He's from our hometown, Philadelphia. Uh, Nick, tell us about the show. Thank you for joining us. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. How you doing? Thank you so much for having me. Thank We're, you for um, yeah, coming. The show is uh, it, it travels around the world to uh, restaurants that have great views but are underperforming in a number of different aspects, whether it's the aesthetics of the business, the menu, the cocktails, the systems that they have in place, and myself and my team go in there and we uplift it in a positive way. Um, the way I like to kind of describe the show, the, you know, the camaraderie between myself and my co-host, it's, it's a lot like Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. It's a beautifully shot show. It's, it's very similar to like Chef's Table. It has a uh, travel aspect uh, like a Bourdain show where we go all around the world. Uh, some of the locations in the, in the first season are Malta, Austria, wow. Costa Rica, Tobamori in in uh, in Canada, which is like the Great Lake, or it's like the Caribbean of Canada, <laughs> and then we also have the um, another beautiful place in Saint Lucia. Wow, that is amazing. So, why don't you tell us a little bit about what your co-host, you know, when you arrive, how do you choose the restaurants? Well, you know, we. We wanted to choose places that weren't like were kind of off the beaten path. Um, you know, if we were going to Costa Rica, we were going to an area that wasn't, you know, as traveled. So, um, and what we really try to do is once we get on the ground, we've certainly done our research before we get there to really understand how are how are we going to be able to get the owners uh, connected with their business and their demographic. Um, so we all kind of go on our own adventures. Um, you know, looking into the food, looking into the decor, um, getting into the owners and making them better. So not only are we changing the business, but we're changing people. And, you know, what makes us so unique is these adventures that we go on and how we're incorporating the culture back into these restaurants. And this is from all over the world, Malta, Hong Kong, Costa Rica? Yep. Hong Kong, Costa Rica, Austria, St. Lucia. I'm yep, interested to find out well. where Nick found a roast pork sandwich in Malta. <laughs> this is what I got to hear. Nick, this is fantastic. I what I love yeah. about the what I love about this is there are a lot of people that would love to go to these places, and you're going to be there doing a show. Was there any language barriers? You know, when we're on the ground, we have uh, like a fixer on the ground, which is essentially somebody that's going to speak the language and really be in tune to the environment there and help us out with whatever we need in order to execute. Um, you know, what we need to succeed for the show. Um, and, and the greatest thing about the show is that, you know, we can essentially shoot it anywhere in the world. You know, it's not just like a something on a waterfront, but it's a vista. Really anywhere. It could be somewhere on the Delaware River back in Philly. <laughs> you know, a place that is just underperforming, and we know all those places. One of the, you know, the idea for the show really came about uh, from the Venezuela, which is my restaurant, or uh, in, 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 uh, here in California, which is where I'm at. And, uh, you know, it, it was a business that was a $3 million business when we first took it over. And, you know, now we're pushing upwards of 10 million in sales. 
and that was done just by keeping our hand on the pulse and constantly changing menus and incorporating fresh food and not having you know canned or processed food and just putting love into your brand and staying consistent with it and building the team and constantly evolving with the business. That is fantastic. What I love about this show is that you're going to be doing it all over the world. I would love to have traveled to Austria. Uh, you're going to get them into, it's going to make people feel like they, they're in Austria with you, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the best thing about this. Um, not, you know, this is a show that you can watch with your family, with kids, but yeah, it's going to completely transport you off the couch and into these areas and just want you to take a trip. I, you know, I've always told, uh, you know, everyone, I think the best education in the world is travel. Absolutely. There's nothing better than getting cultured on the food and the traditions. And, um, you know, as well-traveled as I was before I even started the show, um, you know, the, the abundance of, of things that I've learned and got inspired by throughout my travels has, has just been like the next level. And I was literally just on the East Coast. I was doing a bunch of press in New York as well as Philadelphia. So it was, it was good to be back home. I got myself a, a Denix pork sandwich at the Red <laughs> There we go. And we've talked about it on this show that they have just as good of a, a meatball sandwich at Denix. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've never had the meatball. Yeah, you got I had not either, Chef, pork. and then I tried one, and I was like, wow. Yeah, the meatball sandwich is oh, spectacular. I'm going to get that next next I go. And then I went to Termini, Termini Bakery, and I got myself a cannoli or a Spindel, mm. and I mean, it's just, No, I'm hungry. It, I <laughs> go. You're, you're making us hungry. It's just <laughs> Amazing place, and I, uh, you know, I've been away from there for 20 years, but I get back there quite a bit, and I'm so impressed at how the city's grown with the food scene and also the the core spots that have stayed uh, the way they are and just kept doing, you know, always being better than the day before. So I'm I'm so proud to be, you know, I, I grew up in Buck County, uh, just north of the city, but I grew up working as a kid down the Italian Market on South uh, oh, 9th Street, fantastic, right in the corner of 9th and Washington. So yep. I, I've seen that I've seen the city go through a lot of changes. Um, but I'm really proud, you know, it's called, I'm, well, now I'm a Californian, I guess. You can call <laughs> <me>. <laughs> but you're right next to Villa de Roma. <laughs> well, that's speak- right. That's right. Speaking of you uh, wanting to come back to the area and experience our uh, our <clears throat> restaurants, um, we're trending a little like a little bit with the foodie world and lots of restaurants are coming into the, to the area. So maybe it w- might be a good show for you uh, to add to your to your netflix series <laughs> i i think so i mean it wouldn't make me more proud to be able to come into my hometown and and you know uplift a really uh, you know a great business i, I certainly did when I, worked on bar rescue. <laughs> I, worked, I worked on bar rescue for four years throughout between 2012 and 2016 and um i was lucky enough to um, do something in the philadelphia area which was a lot of fun but there's there's these places that are all over the place, you know. I mean, along the Jersey Shore, um, in Philadelphia, on a high-rise building, anything that has a great view, you know, their owners are banking on the view to fill the seats, and that loses the integrity in everything else they do. Um, fast port cocktails, not focusing on service, and all the little details that create the experience for the guests. Because without that experience, you're never going to make that first impression and you're never going to bring the guests back. And with today, you know, a part of uh, one part that I have on the show is going over, you know, your Yelp reviews or your TripAdvisor reviews. And no one likes anyone to come into uh, your restaurant and tell you what to do. But when you start pointing out those facts that what the guests are pointing out, 
you know, I, I look at that as very valuable information because it shows what you need to work on. And you just got to not take it personal, not make an assumption, and just do whatever you got to do to fix it to make sure you create a better guest experience. Absolutely. And we're talking with Chef Nick Liberato. He is going to premiere a new show called Restaurants on the Edge on Netflix Friday, February 28th. His show is going to fix restaurants around the world, which I think is phenomenal. And uh, Nick, let's dig back deep into your show. I see that you went to Hong Kong. How did that go? That sounds fascinating. It was, it was, uh, you know, it was like a shot to the vein of like culture, and 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 I, I've never experienced that. It was actually my first trip to Asia. I, I mean, crazy enough, and it, it literally dwarfs New York City. I, I never thought I'd say that about yep. anywhere in the world, but it was, it was just everywhere you looked, there was another restaurant, another Michelin star restaurant, an escalator going up the side of a street. Um, you know, the, you just, you, everywhere you looked, you were just like going crazy, but we, uh, we shot in a really, um, beautiful little area called Tayo, which is a kind of shrimp fishing village. And, um, it was about an hour outside of, uh, Hong Kong and Kasaway Bay where we were staying. And we, we actually got out of there three days before the riots had started. So I was really, I was grateful that we were actually able to get that shot, that, that whole episode shot because between the riots and the coronavirus, it was like, you know, I mean, God forbid, you know, you, no one's going there now. But um, but we had just some magical footage that we, we shot there, um, some really amazing adventures all throughout that both Karen, Dennis, and myself, my other co-host, um, did all throughout the Hong Kong area. But, you know, it, between the dumplings and the noodles and, and just the, the colors and the textures, you know, it's just one of those places that you, you get really inspired on. There's always something to do. And the people are just beautiful. And Hong Kong is certainly very different than any other part of China. Chef, I have a, a, a bit of a question for that. Um, most of our audience, I'm trying to think of a good way to put this. Most of our listening audience has seen, quote unquote, rescue shows of some kind, right? Did you have, I imagine you did, did you have any specific challenges doing this? Overseas, You know, it's one thing when you're from Philly and you shoot down the shore, shoot down to Baltimore to try to rescue a restaurant. It's a little bit different when you're coming from Vegas and now all of a sudden you find yourself in Hong Kong and you're still trying to fix a restaurant. Yeah. I mean, there's tremendous challenges. Um, some of it's Mother Nature. There's plenty of times throughout our shoots where the weather, I mean, especially the rain, we had almost like a, it was a light monsoon, but Yikes. it was some of the heaviest rain I've ever experienced. and. We had to pack all of our equipment up and kind of get underneath a, a roof, but um, there were plenty of moments, both language barriers or weather or whenever we would shoot on a boat, there was always some sort of like hook into what we were actually trying to do. And we had to just, you know, adjust and adapt to whatever we needed to do to, in order to grab that content. Um, so... I was lucky to be working with like some amazing people. The the entire crew is from Canada, um, mainly out of the Toronto area. That's where the production company is. So I was really like the only American on, on the show. Um, but we, you know, everyone was very well traveled, very experienced. A lot of these guys have been shooting around the world for years. Um, but we we got the job done, and even more, we, we this thing turned into something so amazing that we never imagined. So it was. We were we were really lucky, and I'm just I'm so excited for Friday, when it gets gets shared with the world, and 
the fact that it's on Netflix, it's going to be 167 million Netflix accounts wow. that have reached <laughs> probably half a billion people in 25 languages, languages to in 150 countries. So um, you can watch me in a number of different languages, which I'm sure will be pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> and in the Netflix- middle of the night, suddenly I switch on Hungarian. Wow, I didn't know Nick knew that. And Netflix is the hottest thing going. People so- will be chilling with you this weekend. <laughs> yeah, these uh, these streaming services are are you know definitely the future. I think with what Amazon and uh, Disney, you know, what everyone it's the future. It's what everyone's doing. You're able to grab that much more, you know, viewers. And and uh, it's certainly what I watch. You know, if I have some time to watch TV in my busy day, I, yeah. you know, I'll turn on Netflix and 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 watch something. But it's it's really exciting to now turn it on and the trailers on there and and uh, this that this dream has really come to life. We're, mm. we're super excited. And chef, I will be watching just to see some of these amazing countries that you visit: uh, Hong Kong, Absolutely. Austria. I mean, this is an incredible list of countries that the chef is going to take you to and have you experience as he rescues these restaurants. It's called Restaurants on the Edge. It premieres Friday, February 28th on Netflix. He's a hometown guy from Bucks County. Uh, Chef, (laughs) is there anything else you want to tell our listeners before you go? Oh, I got, you know, please tune into the show. It's, it's going to take you guys on an adventure that you've never been on before. And, um, you know, I think everybody should be proud. Of, you know, hometown boy did, did some big things, and, and I'm excited to take everyone on, on that trip. And I'm going to be watching just to see some of these countries. The list of countries that the chef goes to and rescues restaurants is incredible. So, Chef, thank you, for, thank you for joining our show, and it was an honor to have you. Thank you, sir. Yeah, I, I really appreciate you guys having me, and, and please let me know. I'd, I'd be happy to come back anytime. Guys. Oh, we would love a, it. Thanks, Chef. Appreciate day. that. We would love that. All thank right. you, Chef. Enjoy your uh, good luck with the premiere. All right. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. All right. And we're going to go to commercial. Get ready for the Philly Craft Beer Fest, March 7th at the Philadelphia Navy Yard. If you love beer, really love beer then get your tickets now for the 14th annual philly craft beer fest more than 150 beers for sampling from your favorite local and national craft breweries plus food trucks axe throwing and more the pay one price ticket includes all beer sampling it was just named one of the best festivals in philly Get your tickets now at the phillycraftbeerfest.com. William Murray here from Dining on a Dime with this week's edition of My Philly Dish on Indie Philly Radio, your source for the latest food and beverage news and events in and around the Philadelphia region. Jim Pappas is best known as the Philadelphia Cheesesteak Adventure Guy, has just released his 20 Cheesesteaks You Should Eat in 2020 list with Philly Bite Magazine. To find out who made the list this year, go to phillybite.com for the latest foodie news in Philadelphia. Chef's Pencil has released a new report today on the most popular ethnic cuisines in America, Philadelphia ranks as America's second most popular city for Chinese cuisine 
and six for Italian cuisine. And finally, Jane Guo and Jackson Fu announced the grand opening of Dim Sum House by Jane G's this past Thursday at 1930 Chestnut Street, 11.30 a.m. The mother-son duo will bring all day, every day, Dim Sum in two styles to Rittenhouse Square. Female chefs compete, celebrity judges decide. Women Against Abuse Incorporated, Philadelphia's leading domestic violence agency, will host its Dish It Up on Thursday, March 19, 2020, from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. in the Torque Club at Lincoln Financial Field. This is the 12th annual event where Female contestants bring their finest culinary skills to be judged by a panel of celebrity judges. This event is Philadelphia's only female chef competition and attracts close to 500 business, community leaders, and food aficionados. The official hashtag for the event is hashtag dish it up. Tickets are $125 and available at www.womenagainstabuse.org. All right, we are back, and we are so excited. We've gotten a lot of following for craft from craft beer lovers, and now we're going to go to our uh, resident uh, beer expert, Matt. Matt, tell us your uh, weekly report. Every week we have a report about craft beer and beer. Uh, Matt's ready with his report. Go ahead, Matt. Hi, how you guys doing? Uh, excited to be back, as always, and to talk a little beer with you guys. But first, I do have to offer some congratulations to our good friend, everybody's friend, uh, Jim, and all his recognition for his cheesesteak adventures. Oh, yeah, uh, Jim Pappas. Of time. Yeah. yeah. So Who? I did a little bit of research into what goes best craft beer-wise with Philly's favorite sandwich. And I came to sort of two conclusions uh, from doing my uh, research. And that is, one, when you have a cheesesteak, you have all those great flavors, the warm, juicy steak. You got the rich sort of American cheese. Uh, you've got with or without onions. And when you have that, you need something that's going to cut through that, right? You need uh, a little bit of bitterness. And I think the best thing you can do is try to find a local IPA. I prefer, say, a dogfish 60-minute IPA that helps you cut through the rich uh, when it comes to that. But now if you get a cheesesteak, say, in my preferred way, you get the provolone with, right? Then you have that bitterness from that sharp provolone. So you've got to go something a little bit different. And I think it's hard to beat uh, a Yards Brawler or a Yards Pale Ale for that. Local sandwich, local beer, it's a match made in cheesesteak adventure heaven, if I do say so myself. <laughs> right. Now – now, moving on, since I mentioned Yards, I'll jump into USA Today has been going through its 10 best list uh, for the for 2019. And Philadelphia Beer is making a splash on that list. Yards uh, has made the category for best brewery tour, as has, you know, uh, an hour or two up the road, uh, Trogues Brewery, which is sort of the one that started it all for me. 
when I was going to school uh, and when I was going to Penn State and I was closer to that area. So both Trogues and Yards, uh, you can vote for them on the USA Today website for a best brewery tour. In addition to that, you have best beer bar. Uh, Glory Beer Bar in the city is up for the nomination for best uh, craft beer bar. It's got 30 rotating taps, a great menu. Uh, it's a heck of a place to go and try to explore some of Philadelphia's better offerings. And they've also made a bit of a splash in the new brewery category. And it's an ode to the famous love sign. It is Love City Brewery. Uh, the city of brotherly love, Love City Brewery. They've made a, a huge, huge impact on the beer scene. And their success overwhelmingly in their first year has them on USA Today and the national uh, radar. And if you venture a little bit further outside of the city, you also have a nominee for Best Can Design. Um, this one is from uh, Forest and Main Brewery. It's in Ambler, PA, and they are up for some of their can design. I know um, they're one of their owners uh, is a Tyler School of Art graduate, and he lends sort of his watercoloring uh, to the cans, and they're really beautiful. And they look as good as they taste, truly. Oh, okay. So if you want, yeah. Go ahead, yeah. Matt. Go uh, ahead. That's, all on USA, that's all on USA Today. If you want to go log on, vote, uh, try to get, you know, Philly beer, and uh, beer from the surrounding area, a uh, little bit more prestige, a little bit more buzz. Uh, USA Today is now offering you uh, that chance. Okay, that's fantastic. And Matt, uh, Glory Beer—that's uh, the one on Front Street. It, it's a, yeah, it's in Old City. It's in like Old right, City, right, right? On second across from Han Dynasty. Yeah, that's a yes, huge that's honor. Correct. That's a huge honor. That's mm -hmm. fantastic. And once again, to our listeners, uh, every week that we are in studio, uh, Matt will be giving you the latest in uh, beer news, craft beer, and uh, and things like that. So, Matt, we want to thank you. Oh, thank you guys so much. And we'll talk to you. Always. We'll talk to you in two weeks. I just drank yeah, beer before the show. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Uh, here's what I did, and I was, uh, you know, I'm a writer, so I was writing, and I found. Have you ever written anything we might have read? I, I, have, a, I have a book. The yes, I have a book. It's a little book, uh, but I just wanted to tap into this because I, I want to see uh, the reactions from the room. What do people eat during the winter in the United States? Chicken, no chicken noodle soup, you know, is probably the most popular. But, but I said, what, what do people in other countries eat during the winter? And I was just curious. So I looked up a couple of other countries. And Say I wanted, one, and then we have to guess. I wanted, yeah, that's what <laughs> we're going to do. And I wanted to check to see what they eat in the winter. I go to chicken noodle soup. Most people do in the U.S. But what does Vietnam eat? Fa. In, fa. Yeah, fa. There you go. Okay. <laughs> what about Nepal? <laughs> You're um, never going to get this. I... I will give you a hundred dollars if you can the guess. The liverwurst llama. sandwich, <laughs> llama chunk, chunky. <laughs> chunk. No, in in Nepal they eat something called momo, 
which are basically dumplings with hot tomato sauce. So right. I thought that was that interesting. That sounds good. That actually sounds delicious. Right? It does. It does. I would be Give me some Momo with that. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us some Momo about that. That was good. And what do you guys think that they eat in Switzerland? What is a famous um, food in Switzerland? Cheese. The, um, fondue? The, the fondue. Yeah. How did you get fish? that? Fondue. How, how in all. the world did you guys get if, that? If you've ever been to the melting pot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I honestly, I would have never thought that. Yeah. All right. What about Hungary? Uh, um, goulash. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wait a second. When I wrote this list, I said they're never going to get any of them, and you just got like ninety percent. Right. I'm just going to sit back because I'm like, the guys got it. Right. Let's admit we looked at the paper before we brought here. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, you know what was funny when I was looking up this list, I looked at France. And it is French onion soup, which I never, I thought that was a cliche, but that's actually. They just call it onion soup? They just call it, no, that's what it says. It says they call it onion soup. Oh, really? That's funny. All right, let's try to, let's try to stump you guys, because I didn't think you would get all those. What do you think about China? Jim Hassan, China. What is the winter food go-to? Some kind of hot pot, I'm I'm guessing. (laughs) You're right. This is so crazy. I went to China. I went to Chinatown. That's what Lee Hell Food has right now. You should just throw the paper in. Yeah, I mean, this this is so funny, because I didn't think you guys would get any of them and you got 90 percent of them that well, is so I think a lot of foodies um well i mean jim's a chef but i mean i think like foodies in general they kind of cover the domestic stuff pretty quickly right i think most people probably start with southern or italian or something like that that's yeah. more accessible then they expand outward right and then all of a sudden you start getting to you know you meet someone at work who's from hawaii or the philippines or peru and you know, like all of a sudden, the floodgates are open. Yeah, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. like a student of uh, regional foods, even like in America. Well, we still have our list. Know, We're yeah. at Connecticut. We're at Connecticut. We still have our list. I'm looking for it. But let's get into what you guys are going to. The guys are going to be talking about Southern food in segment four. So I just want to give everyone a heads up. In segment four, you guys will be. I'm not even from Southern Delco, so I don't know what (laughs) you're talking about. When you say Southern food, you mean South Jersey, right? (laughs) So those guys are going to tell you about that. (laughs) So those guys are going to cover Southern food in segment four. But till segment four. Uh, what do you guys think is the most popular food? It, I have to stump these guys, just so yeah. the listeners know. <laughs> I have to find something. Uh, what do you think a popular winter food is in India? And I can't even pronounce this. So I don't think you guys are going to get it. India. Maybe biryani? What do they go with in uh, in the winter? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not big on Indian food, but um, yeah, I'm sure it has curry in it. <laughs> it's... <laughs> Undilu, which is a vegetable dish made with winter vegetables. You got us. Ah, oh, you got yes. There you go. Because it's a vegetable dish. I don't know anything about it. And take that paper away wait, from it. It's we missing have... meat? It, no. It, <laughs> even, even though this is the highest caloric show on radio, I just want to let everyone know, starting next Friday, which is whatever date, uh, we're February 28th, uh, 1 p.m., we're going to start a brand new show. It's going to be live every single Friday from Samosa Vegetarian at 1214 Walnut. People said we couldn't do vegetarian light yeah, Exactly. Food. You are wrong. But it's a it's a new show. So. It is it's a, a new brand show, new show. Still. It's it's going to be called Samosa <laughs> Vegetarian Presents Q Your Cuisine. Q-U-E, Your Cuisine. And we're going to give information about different cuisines, Italian, you know, French, etc. And then we are going to give prizes... Away, which are dining on a dime T-shirts, 
uh, to people who win the I, trivia show. I don't have a dining on a dime t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, the first half of the show, it's called Cue Your Cuisine. It's going to be a Facebook Live show, not a podcast. They're going to look at Kevin and be like, he's vegetarian? <laughs> Something's terribly wrong here. <laughs> well, you're mentioning that it's like... it's it, Indian food can actually be a high calorie uh, right. food, so you well, know they have you the get butter, your, you know, the yeah, butter the butter chicken, chicken yeah. and the tikka masala. You get you get some nice calories in there, and it's awesome food. So. And, and uh, samosa vegetarian was one of the very few kosher, uh, in, uh, vegetarian, and vegan spots in the city. The biggest attraction, dining on a dime. The reason dining on a dime is. Connecting their brand with Samosa is because they give you a huge lunch buffet for just $7.99, all you can eat. So starting next Friday, we're going to have Facebook Live every week on Friday from Samosa Vegetarian, and it's going to be called Q Your Cuisine, Q-U-E, Your Cuisine. They saw you walk in for the buffet, and they are like, just give this guy whatever he wants. <laughs> so if you guys want to win some prizes, come down to Samosa, 1214 Walnut, on Friday, and the first half of the show is going to be us educating you on different cuisines, French, Italian, Indian, vegetarian. And then the second half, we're going to go talk to the customers, and we're going to ask them trivia questions about the cuisine, and people that win will get Dining on a Dime merch. Let's go to break. Uh, segment four will be uh, the, the guys. You can follow Dining on a Dime on Facebook at facebook.com. That's uh, forward slash Dining on a Dime, the number one. On Twitter, at Dining on a Dime, the number one. Instagram, KJW1972. And for sponsorship opportunities, starting as low as $200 per episode, email us at diningonadime at yahoo.com. Okay, we're back. Uh, just want to let everyone know, because we've had a lot of new listeners over the last few weeks, Chef Jim Hassan is the grill master at Grubhouse Philly inside the famous Borscht Building in Philadelphia. John Cole is a former caterer. Uh, he's a very highly uh, successful restaurant consultant. I'm going to hand the ball off to them, and they're going to teach you about Southern cuisine. Go ahead, Jim Hassan. Yeah, so I, I, like I joked earlier, I, I'm, I'm from I'm not even from Southern Delaware County, but <laughs> when I uh, Grubhouse, uh, the the theme of it is uh, Southern comfort, uh, breakfast, lunch. So I had to learn some things, um, and uh, you know, Southern Comfort is exactly what you know guys like us want. It's a lot of butter <laughs> uh, and spicy too. So we, you know, uh, one of the things uh, we do at Grub House is we just put pimento cheese on everything, and, and some people don't even know what pimento cheese is. It's basically just cheddar, mayonnaise, and, and um, pepper, spicy things, and you know, spread it on you know, biscuits and whatever you want to spread it on. <laughs> um, we do uh, biscuits and gravy. We do... Uh, so and, and Do you do some uh, collard greens? We do not do... So we don't do grits, <laughs> collard greens, uh, although we could, and it's not without... You know, it's not things we will never do. Just We just don't currently do them. We kind of like... When we moved to the Boris, we kind of cut... A lot of our menu to just to make things easier, um, but I, I've had people that from the south come in and eat our biscuits and gravy and say that they, you know, they feel like they're home again, which is a huge compliment. Absolutely. Um, and you brought biscuits last week that were unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, and also, uh, you know, like one of the our, one of my you know the great moments for me is uh, you know the local uh, critic Craig LeBon. Uh, 
he was traveling around with a soul food expert and soul, soul food and Southern food are very, you know, like interchangeable. Um, a guy by the name of Adrian Miller, and he's written books about soul food. And he's, you know, he was in James Beard. Award he's a James winner. Beard yeah, award exactly. winner. Yeah, he, I mean, that's, and if you don't know what deal. that is, turn off our show because. Right. right. <laughs> so he was in Philly a couple months, you know, three or four, maybe before the winter. And uh, he went to a few different places. And, and the place that Craig LeBond took Adrian to was Grub House. And I was huge. I mean, that's first, an honor. Yeah. And we didn't even know. Like, I, you was know. Ruby Tuesday's closed? Why? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But uh, they, they enjoyed their meal. They got like a, a chicken and biscuits. They got um, and also they not only did they want to try the southern food, but we also uh, do the Philly food that Craig LeBond wanted him to try, like scrapple sure. and pork roll and things like that. Did you get so, the wings with candy? Yeah. <laughs> we did not give him that. Oh, Mr. I, Miller, you have to come back. Yeah. <laughs> come back, Adrian, please. <laughs> and uh, Jim, let's talk about because people love your segments because of your knowledge of uh, cooking. Mm-hmm. Is there any tricks they can use when they make biscuits? Is there anything? Is there any tricks of the trade or butter? Butter, yeah, just the, just like back a truck up of butter into into some flour, and then you you got a good biscuit. Um, I mean, we could tell you how to make biscuit. I mean, biscuits are, are actually pretty simple. It's it's flour, it's uh, baking powder, baking soda, salt, and butter, and that's yeah. And eggs. No, there's no eggs. Oh, in there's biscuits. no eggs. There's no, no eggs. <laughs> My <in> bad. <laughs> um, I think maybe that the, you're getting into scones a little bit, um, but yeah, it's just it's just um, almost almost like a croissant, and you, and, and the the key is uh, getting the butter into the flour good, and then as you kind of fold the dough over, you just keep on making layers and layers by folding it. Um, that that's basically like a, the biscuit dough right there. Hey, John, what do you make when you want to do a southern dish? Uh. Make a trip over to Grubhouse and let Jim cook because I'm not doing that. Uh, no, um, I really, really like, and this is a thing I grapple with all the time, and I never get it quite right. And I've had people that I know from social media from that the southern part of the country, or they live here now and they have southern roots, and that's um, crawfish etouffee. On the surface, it seems like kind of a basic dish, right? You're looking at it, especially if you have some chops in the kitchen. You're thinking, all right, crawfish, you know, I'm going to run over to a, to a fish market and grab that. It's not a big deal. At Etouffee. And all of a sudden, you start breaking it down, and you realize these things are super balanced. You know what I mean? And these things have been tested over, you know, 100, 150 years to make sure you get it just right. When you hit a place that has, like, crawfish etouffee, um, right. you know, it's, it's like a jackpot. Unfortunately, I've been to a few places. Locally, listeners will know. Uh, we've talked about Beck's Cajun Cafe before. Bill yeah. Beck is, I guess, called into the show. Um, um, I've spoken to him on other shows I've done. Uh, Bill's a great guy. If you want to try to do what he does at home, it's hard, man. Right. He literally has spent years perfecting these things. Um, I will let you know right now, and I, I almost wind up being the bad guy a little bit on the show. And while I love being the heel, I hate being a bad guy in terms of, uh, you know, dampening anyone's culinary fire. But that is not the dish to start with. Right. If you want to kind of master Southern cooking, I mean, I'm sorry, it's not. I know people are shutting off their radios right now <laughs> going, you know, oh, but it's not. It's not the dish to start with. I would suggest go online. Um you know, to our national audience, I'd suggest going online, finding some of the more, we'll say, manageable Southern recipes, 
first. Like fried chicken. Yep, like fried chicken, which we're going to talk about. I'm just going to talk about in a minute. Um, but and, and then once you master that, then maybe try something complicated. I know people are like, oh, it's just like rice and this and that. No, it's not. It's really hard. More often than not, my dog is looking at me with a bowl of warm food going, you messed it up again, didn't you? Yeah. And he's like, the dog eats better than anyone else in his neighborhood. <laughs> there, there was a time when, uh, uh, when Grubhouse was in South Philly and when we moved to the Boris, when we were in between and we were doing a lot of catering. So we had to pick things that were like easily, um, you know, like almost like cafeteria style that we could do. And one of the things that I'd never heard of before Grubhouse was called a Southern Bog. That's B-O-G. <laughs> and basically it's, it's, it was rice. Uh, chicken stock, chicken, and and sausage, and that's all it was. And you hmm. just kind of threw it all in a pot. So uh, it's like half a jambalaya. <laughs> it's right? almost like yeah, <laughs> right? it was like jambalaya. You started that's a jambalaya, true. and then you're like, ah, you're you like, know what? Let's just I'm stop good. here. Let's just stop here before I mess it up. No, that's a good point. And yeah. it was a, it was simple, and it was good, and people loved it. And it was like you know, like what you say, like people what people eat in the winter. It was just a good like you know, warm your guts type type situation. I guess the number one Southern thing, and maybe I'm wrong here, and, you know, Southern people get out of some Yeah, email us. Our part of the country, the number one Southern thing is Southern fried chicken. Yes. And it's it's very good. Um, So... Off of that, um, you can you, obviously like if you're down south, you're gonna hit ev- like I was down south. I was in South Carolina, and you know you drop a dime and and you find yep. another southern restaurant. But up here, you know, it's an eclectic collection of different types of um, mm-hmm. restaurants. Um, but like here right now, if you want southern food, I I know that East Passionk Ave, like as I said, Restaurant Week um, is coming up, so you can actually try some of the southern restaurants that are on that strip for you know a, a a nice price um red crest chicken as i said i went i went there and you know went to take photos and had the luxury of eating the actual chicken that Let's they're give making a shout out to adam volk who yeah the, <laughs> and i'll tell you what they, they blew me away he too. just opened a place in brooklyn and when that ha- when that happens yeah. you know that the place is legit and, there, and there's <laughs> another uh, is like philly light yeah. <laughs> and i wish they'd stop messing around it's but, so good though like the the chicken itself is so so tender and juicy and the outside is nice and crisp and then you know if you just took the chicken itself and ate it it's like it's perfect on its own but then they put all the sauces on there and it's like oh my god you just melt um and and it's not small either it's a large sandwich um i i went there and for I, you know, as I said, I went there to experience what they're going to offer for restaurant week. They, they gave you fries and a side and a drink with the chicken sandwich. I ate the chicken sandwich and I was struggling to even try to eat a few fries because I was, you know, just so full from the sandwich itself. So you're getting a good, you know, a good sandwich at a great price. And then, um, over at flannel, uh, we're, we are going to go back there just so you know. Um, that was great. Yeah, it was a, Emerson and I shot over there. Uh, it, it was a mob scene, and, and I think that says a lot. I mean, we're recording this. It's a Sunday. Emerson and I were over there at 2-ish, yeah, maybe 1-ish, 2-ish, something like that. Two, something around there. Um, it was, you know, it was amazing, but it was packed. Wow. We'll have to go back. We had to drown our sorrows at the Manitoni <laughs> Stillworks, which thankfully was able to make room for us. How about that? Um, but yeah, so they in they out they also are offering you know some amazing southern southern dishes. Like that's their whole entire menu. Um, poutine, which if if you've ever had a southern dish, 
poutine actually, um, I think, originated in Canada. But, you know, of course, it's very like it's, it's gravy. French. And, French. And, yeah. Disco fries. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's gravy. I thought and it everything. originated in Jersey Diner. <laughs> but, it, you know, it just it's perfect for a southern menu because that's the, that's what they like you know they like the the comfort food um so you know the they're they're offering poutine they're offering um chicken and waffles which is another popular dish and um as you you work at grub house so you know like you know what they like you oh, know yeah, yeah. chicken and waffles is our number one seller at, how about uh, that and Grub House, so that's fantastic. There's a couple other places too. Maybe it's just a house name. I don't know, but Hash House Go Go. Yeah, they had a good. I still haven't been to, but I, I. I was over there a while back, and they say far and away. Their bestseller is it's the chicken and waffles. Yeah. It seems like it's nine pieces of chicken. It's literally like a whole chicken piled on a, a massive waffle. Um, knife stuck through it, King, you know Henry VIII style. It's delicious. Absolutely, my favorite thing is like when you you see this big a big guy order the chicken and waffles at Grub House, and he's like ready to tackle it. And <laughs> you just see the defeat in his face as he can't finish it because it's such it's just so heavy. Which yeah. is, which is great I've had that description a of southern times. food is just heavy food. Exactly. I feel I feel like I'm being challenged right now. You <laughs> <laughs> could do a challenge, sure. but uh, no, it's true though. I mean, I, I can't speak for every place, but they do a version on chicken and waffles down. And I always check, you know, now that we're trying to have a national audience, I'm always trying to throw some of these places right. out. Um, a guy I've known for years through social media, met briefly at a few events, is Art Smith. Oh yeah. Um, he has a restaurant in uh, Disney Springs. And I know everyone's like, oh, God. Now, let them expensive. know who Art, Art is. is legendary. Art Smith is a legend. He's been yeah. a top chef masters. Yeah. He cooked for Oprah. He's cooked at the White House. If you can do it in the culinary world, he's done yeah, it. He's absolutely. had his own TV shows. Oh, wasn't he just chef for Oprah? What? It was Art Smith the chef for Oprah? Was he, he was. He was personal chef for exactly. Oprah. That's where yeah. he started. I mean, now there, he opens restaurants a, in Chicago. There's a pedigree right there. Oh, yeah. yeah. This place in Disney Springs is called Homecoming. And Art originally comes from Florida. That's about as southern as it gets. And he does a version uh, chicken and donuts. And these are donuts made That's to like order. That's a thing lately. <laughs> and I got to tell you, he KFC's was start- doing it now. He started doing it like three, four years ago. And the server brings it down. I'm a big guy, you know, sitting around the table on two chairs, having a good time. Right. And they sit the platter down. And I'm thinking, I'm going to polish this off. And my server is <laughs> looking at me like, you absolutely are not. About 25, 30 minutes into the meal, along the lady comes with that smile like, You'd like a container, wouldn't you, sir? <laughs> yes. And I'm tapping out like it's the end of an MMA fight. Like, yeah, right. I'm good. I'm good. Okay. we want to. It's ha- a great feeling, though. Absolutely. And Art Smith is the best. Uh, I want to wrap up the show by thanking Mac Talley uh, from the uh, Let Them Eat Cake event. Seriously, go to the event, people. If you're listening to this, spend the money. Go to the event. Eat the cake. Yeah. You'll be happy. You're, you're helping other people. Take and a that- break from the tasty cake just for a day. <laughs> just, just like a day. You guys know I love tasty cake. But like one day. One day. And that's March, March 15th at the Lowe's Philadelphia. It's in the Regency Ballroom. Uh, go to the website. Grab those tickets. It's only four, 40 bucks if you go to the website. I also want to thank our friend, Nick Liberato. He is going to premiere his new show. Netflix. Rest- it doesn't get any bigger it, than that. It's not bigger than Netflix. Restaurants on the Edge is going to premiere on Netflix on February 28th. I'm very excited 
because he goes all around the world. I would love to see the Austria show. I'm so excited to see the Hong Kong show. Make sure you guys... He's trying to find a plancha in Nepal or something. He's trying to help this restaurant out. Where do you source this stuff from? I don't know, but they they go to Costa Rica, and I I would love to see that one. Absolutely. So make sure you catch his show on Friday. Uh, Also, I want to let everyone know, if you go to Wildfire Podcasts, with an S, dot com, uh, we have released all of our past shows. If you live Into in, the wild. If, right. <laughs> if you live in the Philadelphia tri-state area. Not for, for free. You're not giving away uh, a yeah, store, right? Unfortunately. Be uh, free. The first 47 episodes teach you where to find the best meals of the day in the tri-state area and the uh, all type, every type of cuisine. So we covered everything in season one. Those are on wildfirepodcast.com. Also, we had a lot of people subscribing to the show on uh, Google Play and iTunes. Thank I you, I want to encourage you to do that because guess what? I listened to like 10 of our shows. We didn't say it once. Thanks so make, to our yeah, syndicated people. Th- yeah, thanks Hudson to Hudson Valley. We love you. Hudson Valley, it's Monday for you. Thank you for joining us. We love you. Uh, WMLD, download WMLD. the app. WMLD. Download. Oh, and mention your new uh, your new John, your vegetarian <laughs> thing over at Samosa. Da- download the app for WMLD or tell your Alexa device, hey, Alexa, play WMLD. Andy Philly Radio, Tuesday through Friday, 11 a.m. Uh, also, our new show, starting Friday. Yeah. It's called Q Your Cuisine, Samosa Vegetarian, 1214 Walnut. Uh, all you can eat, seven ninety nine. Join us. I'm going to be giving out prizes. First half of the show is going to be talking about cuisines teaching you and then the second half is going to be a trivia show and people who win the trivia show will get prizes so thank you everyone have a great week stay hungry everybody for more details and information on what's happening in and around philly check out philly bite magazine online at phillybite.com or tune in to dying on a dime on the my philly dish hour tuesdays through fridays at 11 a.m right here on indiephilly.com